All right, all right. What's happening, everybody? Guess what? It's another episode of Behind the Visual, where I interview those people responsible for the images and videos you see out in your world every single day. And I am your host, advertising lifestyle photographer, Mark Hansen. And today, my guest is media personality, an amazing woman, Barbara McKay. Lots of fun to talk to. Lots of really cool stories has a new book out. Go to barbaramckay.com to get it. It's full of over 100 recipes, plus almost or maybe just as many stories from her life, which we talk a lot about um, in this podcast. And they're really interesting, including one where she went to a Charlotte Hornets NBA basketball game, sat beside a man who had just sang the national anthem, told him she would help him out if she could, because she feared he must be good if he was singing that, asked him to watch her bag and her coat while her and her son went down and hung out with friends for the whole second half of the game, forgot he was up there. After the game was over, turned around, most people left. He's still standing there with her bag and her coat waiting on her to come. She got up there, apologized, found out later this man was hosting the Country Music Awards. And he was a very popular country artist. So check that out for that one. We also talk about the time she met Elvis, um, Oscar de la Rente, how her and her became friends, how she found out she was related to Princess Diana and Princess Diana's brother, of course, um, and how her and Diana's brother have become good friends and not only that, cousins. So, yeah, there are a lot of really cool stories in here. It was a lot of fun talking to Barbara. And she talks about her attitude of gratitude, which keeps her, I mean, she's got a ton of energy. And I think you guys are really going to like this one. The stories are just great. So definitely check this out. Check out the book, uh, barbaramckay.com. That's M-C-K-A-Y. And I'm sure you hopefully know how to spell Barbara. And let me know what you think about this episode. Thumbs up it, like it, subscribe, all the other stuff you can do to it, you know, comment on it, that kind of thing. And uh, I look forward to hearing what you guys think. I think you're going to like this one. So, okay. So tell me, first of all, did you grow up in North Carolina? Where did you grow up? I was born in a tiny, tiny little community outside the big city of Shelby and <laughs> big city. Uh, you okay. So you're born, <laughs> I was born in the country. I was born in the absolute country outside of Shelby. Shelby's not big, but, but truthfully, Mark, I am so grateful, so grateful for my small town roots in North Carolina. It made me who I am. And I am so thankful that I had that experience. Yes. I small like the town. country. My father-in-law has a 90 acre farm out in Mount Pleasant, North Carolina. And that's oh, where my, my wife God. grew up. And so you know. I think it's cool. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where I started my love of food. We, uh, it was farm to table. <laughs> that's what we, and yeah. which is a popular oh, wow. now, but that's how I lived, farm to table. And then when we moved into town, tiny little Shelby, when we moved into town, my daddy had this huge, he bought an extra lot so we could have this gigantic garden. And I still hear from people who tell me about how much they loved my daddy's garden. Oh, really? Yes. So it was always farm to table. I, we ate organically before people knew what that meant. Yes. Yeah. As it should be. 
I think, because yeah. even yeah. the organic stuff, I learned we went picking apples two weekends ago up in near Linville someplace. Yeah. And the guy was explaining apples. And he said, even all those apples you see at the store, he said, those are all grown to be the same size, you know, same look, whatever. He right. said, even the organic ones, he said, if they don't have a bunch of little spots on them, those aren't real apples. Those oh, aren't, definitely. you know, natural. And we just bought some organic apples from the store today because we finally ate all those apples. And I was looking, I was like, you're right. There's not, there are hardly any spots on any of these apples. And now I'm thinking, what are they doing to these apples? That's right. To keep what them so eating? smooth and pretty. Another garden story is that my daddy, what, part of the reason that food was so good is that we ate it as soon as it came from oh, the garden. Yeah. And my daddy used to tell me, I loved silver queen corn. And my daddy used to say, okay, go get the silver queen corn. And you can stroll up there, but you run back as fast as you can, as soon as you pick it. And if you fall down, you just throw that away and go back and get more. <laughs> so as, soon, as soon as you could get it into the pan that's wow. how we enjoyed our food and it was it was wonderful and as I say in the book my love of food is what took me on this amazing journey from that small little farm and town uh in western North Carolina to be, being very blessed to go all around the world doing stories and meeting amazing people so it all started because I loved food that's crazy. So how did you, okay, so yeah, how, what was, how did you get into TV, film, all that? How did you get into the whole thing? Okay, it, that, it's, that's another interesting story. I always love TV. When you live in small towns and rural areas, everybody on TV is your friend. Right. And my friends, I spent a lot of time by myself and, and, and my imagination and my friends were on TV. I loved Lucille Ball. I especially loved the Mouseketeers. I always wanted to be a Mouseketeer, but they were not doing talent searches in rural Cleveland County. <laughs> so, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, and so, long story short, I love television. I made it to Charlotte by way of Chapel Hill. And I was home with my baby girl, which was a miracle. I have a lot of miracle stories, which uh, have also had such an impact on my life in the book. But I was home with my baby girl and my mother came over from Shelby and she walked in the door and she looked at me and she said, you look terrible. You need to do something with yourself. You need to get out and do something. And TV was on, of course. And she looked at the TV and she said, that's what you could do right there. Well, I had never told her I would have loved to have been on TV. I never thought that was a possibility because when I was growing up, you had three choices. You could be a nurse or you could be a teacher or you could be a flight attendant. And I did right. two of those. Did you? <laughs> Which two? I did. I was a teacher and I was also a flight attendant. I was a oh, flight wow. attendant first and then a teacher. But my mother then said, you need to do TV. So she opened up the phone book. At that time, we had phone books. Yep. She opened up the phone book and took her finger, went down, said, there it is, WBTV, which happened to be the largest, you know, one of the most respected TV stations in the country. I was going to ask why she picked WBTV over the other. Well, that was TV. what was on my TV. Okay. Well, and they were the ones, you know, everybody in Cleveland County, uh, we grew up watching WBTV. Yeah. That was the local station. So she convinced me to call them. She didn't convince me. She made me call them. <laughs> <laughs> I was an obedient child. And I did. And they gave me an interview. 
And after the interview, Anna Rufty was the person who did it. She called the producer of Top of the Day. Her name was Kathy. And Kathy told me the rest of the story later. She said that Anna called her and told her she needed to see me. And she asked her what market, what size market, how many TV shows I had been on, how many I had hosted, what right. And Anna said, well, she's never done TV before. And Kathy said, I don't, I don't look at people who just walk in off the street. And Anna said, well, I, I think maybe you should look at this one. So I did an audition, Mark, and it was just horrible. I, it was awful. It was so awful that I did not watch TV for six weeks. I punished myself. <laughs> I did not tell anyone, anyone that I had done that. No one knew that but my mother. Well, about six weeks later, I got this letter in the mail and I was afraid to open it. I thought it probably said things like, don't ever come. <laughs> and, but it said, you know, that was not very good, but we think there might be some potential. So wow. thanks to WBTV, they took me back and they basically trained me on the job. And for that reason, I have a lot of <laughs> very embarrassing stories that could be volume two of this book, <laughs> but, but they let me learn on the job. And I ended up doing seven shows there and regional shows and national shows and traveling around the world and meeting all kinds of famous people and royalty. And wow. I am thankful every day to my mom who said, you look terrible and you need to do something. <laughs> <laughs> Which you wouldn't think that would really to. go together. Like, hey, you look terrible. You should be on TV. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really I, sound like it my be. mother was visionary. <laughs> Obviously. Yes. No, she just loved me and thought I could do better than I was doing at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> and most, I would think, now anyway the possibility of getting on tv by just cold calling somebody is pretty much zero true I, I would not be able to get a job if i tried it today so but at that time and then again you probably realize from reading my book it's all about faith too i had i, I will count that as one of my miracles that that i ended up on tv i had some i had all kinds of miracles and i, I learned about miracles from an early age when something happened in my family when i was about nine yeah and i saw what a real miracle look like and that affected my life from there on from nine years until now i uh just rely on my faith so when somebody okay, well, what was that what what was the, the what incident was the miracle okay my, i was nine years old I'll, I'll try not to be as long with this and people can fill in the blanks in the book but i was no. nine years old and uh my little brother was on his bicycle and he was in the street on the side and a truck hit him going very, very fast. He was on the inside of a curve and he was on a busy street and he was, he, my parents were told there was no way he could live. Absolutely oh, wow. no way he could make it through the night. And our church and our family and our friends began to pray. So the next morning he was still there. And that went on for over 30 days of every night. They said he cannot make it through the night. And then when they saw that he was some improvement, they said, okay, he might wake up, but he will be, as they use the term, a vegetable. Right. He will not be able to do anything. Uh, fast forward, he woke up, 
he did have to learn to walk and talk and everything. He started at age seven all over again as an wow. infant. We went all the way through school and college with double vision until Duke found a way to correct the double vision. Really? It's now, uh, in fact, he, um, he has a book that just came out. We did not know that we were each writing a book and he's over in Shelby and he has become extraordinarily successful in Shelby as a businessman and has done amazing things for this town that um, there it, it's a very cruel time for little boys and then teenagers and then young men when they are having all kinds of physical difficulties and yeah. people were very cruel. Well, now some of those people who were very cruel, thank him every day. <laughs> because he's done so much and has been so generous. He's on the city council there and has restored uh so many buildings all throughout Shelby oh, wow. and they, they love him there and respect him and he is totally well. And so there was the first miracle. So I saw that. And when you're nine years old, yeah. it's like, okay, it's what God says. It's not what these people tell me. And then I've had several things. I was told I could never have children ever. I have two. Uh, I was told I, I, well, I had another accident and lacerated my face and said, uh Oh, uh, and I was healed from that. I, so there are several. Some of the miracles are huge, and I write about them. And some of them are what I called God winks. And I think the TV thing was a God wink. It was like, mm, yes, you can. Yes, you can do this. You can do this. And so that's a lot of the book. The, the main part of the book, and people need to know this, is the food thing, is that um, I had the best recipes and I had thousands that I had done on TV and other media. And so I ch chose the very best ones, the most popular, the ones that everybody from friends to TV people said, this is so delicious. <laughs> so I put my, my most favorite recipes and the other criteria was that they should be made as quickly as possible. So most of them can be made in 30 minutes or less. That's nice. And they use ingredients that you can easily find. And for people on special diets, most of them can have substitutes that would make it work for them. So that was my criteria. So I ended up with 127. I was going to say, how many out of a thousand or more? How many? Did oh, it was thousands. It was more than it was more than a thousand. It was thousands because I did. Wow. Uh, in fact, I'm going back to do TV again in a couple of weeks. But when you do TV for 40 years and a lot of it is food, you have a lot of recipes. I'm so, back. and I'm so thankful. You, I'm with the TV you're going back to, is that going to be a one off thing or is it? Uh, yes, is it, it is. Okay. I, I do guest things now. Nice. And as much as I loved doing uh, early morning and then uh, midday and then a radio show and then a nighttime show, you know what? I look back now and say, how did I live like that with two little children? But it was fun. It just hit me. I ran camera for you one time. You did? Oh, when, yeah, because I was working at WBTV right out of college. And I was okay. working the morning show. And I had one time where we, I stayed over after they, they had me stay longer. And I went over to the other studio where your kitchen was set up. Yeah. And shot that segment with you doing whatever you were doing at the kitchen at the time. I don't remember the whole thing, but I do remember being in there running the camera. And it just hit me right then when you said something there, you just said it hit me. Okay. It, 
Two things about that, Mark. It's really interesting throughout the book. I tell people, look for signs. There are signs that, and see, we met that day and here we are again. And yeah. you did the amazing photography in my book. And then I, there's another story in my book where I met Elvis when I was about 10. Really? And then I ended up 30 years later doing a... Um, movie. I was interviewing the movie stars for Memphis Bell in Memphis. And I went back to Graceland. I met him in his yard at Graceland. The story is in the book. Was that yeah. when you could drive? My dad said you used to be able to drive up the driveway. I did. At Graceland and just like wave to whoever's sitting out front or whatever. Well, my, his uncle Vester, his uncle Vester was at the gate and my father, who the garden growing man, uh, oh. knew no strangers. And he just pulled up the gate and he and uncle Vester just had this long like good old boy chat and they invited us in we were there for a couple of hours Elvis was there Elvis came around said hey and uh he would he was riding on his motorcycle and I kept thinking why is is this man well boy why is this boy allowed to ride his motorcycle on the grass and then I realized it was his grass and he could do what he wanted to right his grass, and it was Elvis who was actually probably in his young 20s at that time and we just hung out for a couple of hours. And then when I went back for Memphis Bell, Graceland was a completely different place. Yeah. It was a, a tourist attraction with trams running around it and a gift shop. And there in the gift shop was a cookbook by Uncle Vester, who had let us in. Really? And then I thought, out of respect for Uncle Vester, I should not just do one of his recipes on the show without asking him. And he had passed away. So about oh, several years after that, I was interviewing Priscilla for Naked Gun. Oh, wow. And I told her the story and she said, would you like to have one of the very best recipes we have? And I said, yes, I would. And it was the Elvis Presley pound cake. And that's what's in the book. So you see these signs, it, it, there's order out there. Yeah. And they just keep recurring. And then one more thought about what you said about being in the kitchen for the morning show, you probably would have remembered if it had been the day that I set the kitchen on fire. Yeah, uh, I wasn't there for that day. <laughs> I, I, I remember that. a fireball in the kitchen <laughs> and was uh, worried that I would never be back there again. But I, they forgave me. <laughs> well, that's good of them. Yes. I'm sure they did because I think you were extremely popular. And well, sure, you were kind. You know, well, I Maybe know you were. fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Exciting live TV. Did that, yeah, I was going to say, that happened live on the air. It that's did. Amazing. It did, yes. Oh my God. So who, okay. Out of the celebrities you've interviewed, who would be your favorite celebrity interview? Uh, it, that's, you know, that, that's, that's a hard question. I, I will back up by saying I loved the movie stars and they were so much fun, but as it turns out, my very favorite to interview were the fashion designers. I had wow. a passion for fashion from the time I was about six. And so whenever I got to interview the fashion designers. I, I loved that so much, though I did. I had a wonderful time and I have lots of stories in the book about all the movie stars that I interviewed. And, and it was wonderful. There's a, a long story about Debbie Reynolds, and I'm not sure if people today even remember Debbie <laughs> Reynolds, but that was a real treat for me. I, I love she she ended up spending the day with me. Oh wow! And I thought she was going to just hop in her limo with her entourage and go back. 
And she ended up staying and just spent the afternoon chatting with me. And, and I was so amazed by that. Um, I, I loved her. To me, she was Tammy in The Bachelor, which is a movie I saw as a child. And her love interest in Tammy and The Bachelor was Leslie Nielsen, who went on to oh, do yeah. Naked Gun. And he was so much fun. I interviewed him in California, and then he came to Charlotte, and he was hilarious. That was He was as funny as his movies, The Naked Gun. And then the fashion designers, Oscar de la Renta, who was like a prince, and those who know of him know that he is like a mm-hmm. prince. He was such an amazing and wonderful and talented man, and he, he dressed royalty and he was beloved by not only the people who admired his clothes but also by the people in the industry and so when he came to the studio to do uh, a fashion show first we did those early in the morning because we had models I assumed that he would just take off as soon as we finished the fashion show and I was telling him thank you so much Mr. De Laurenta this was just such a thrill for me and I said, uh, we'll, sh- we'll air the fashion show during my live show, which was a couple of hours from then. He said, oh, I can stay. And so he stayed wow. a couple more hours and did the live show. And I said, thank you so much. I mean, this was just wonderful. And now I have to race off and do radio. And he said, you do radio? And I said, yes, from one to three. And he said, I can do that. <laughs> and, wow. and then I said, well, you know, I... I'm hungry and I need the energy to do that show. So I'm just going to run, grab a pimento cheese sandwich from the cafeteria. And he said, I can do that. And so we sat and shared a pimento cheese sandwich and then went down and did radio. So he was with me from about eight in the morning until about four in the afternoon. And it was a thrill. I was so thrilled. He he did not have to do that, but that's amazing. Yeah, it was, he, I've been very fortunate to have some special people in my life. I think there are very few people of that level of fame nowadays anyway who would say oh i can stick around for a little bit longer i can stick around longer they'd all be like, no, i'm sorry i gotta go do this or i gotta go do that or gotta something for instagram is calling me or whatever yeah. it is yes right. that's unbelievable yeah. i just wouldn't want to spend the time with somebody that really didn't make that much of a difference in his life right. And I was so touched by that. And he was, uh, he was extraordinary. In fact, I ran into him in New York. Actually, I didn't even run into him. I was on the other side of the street. And I saw this man waving his arms across the street. And it was Oscar de la Renta. So he even remembered, which tells you even more yeah. about it, how thoughtful he is. He even remembered when I was out of context. I was not in Charlotte, North Carolina. I was in New York. And he was so kind. And I had lunch with him just before he died. And really? so, I was, yes, in Atlanta. And I was just so honored that... Um, I got to do that. So, yeah. Yeah. so I, I love the fashion designers. There are many more. There are many that I'm friends with today that I just love. And I admire fashion designers so much because they work hard. They work mm-hmm. so hard and are so involved in everything. From That's a hard business to make money it in. It is. It is. So yeah. I admire them. But again, I, I, there are so many people that I've had the chance to get to know. And again, it all started because of my love of food. So is your love of food, you obviously have your love of fashion. So love of you, is it love of food, then fashion? Or are they close well, together? Well, I think so, because food, food opened the doors well, to the fashion. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that makes yeah. sense. 
Yes. And, and my other love is furry friends. I do love, and, and my faith, of course, my faith got me through all this. As I say, food took me on this journey, but my faith got me through it. And then I'm a real animal advocate. So yeah. I, um, I do a lot of volunteer work for my animals. And oh, that's I love good. Them. Yeah. They you have, have animals. I do. How many? I, do. I have, I have two right now. I, I write about them in the book and there were some little miracles that went along with them. But I had a cat named Musha Prada, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and there's stories about her. And then uh, lots, lots of animals. I grew up with dogs. And then as I started all this busyness in my life, I realized that cats kind of take care of themselves. Yes. So I, I have cats now, but I can't wait to have a precious dog like yours. Your dog is so cute. But unlike the cats, I can't just leave her and go away for the weekend. Right. right. Oh, my cats are, yes, they are very self-sufficient. Yes. That's the good thing about, I had a makeup artist that had a cat and we would go out of town for two, three, four days and he would just leave. He had a feeder that automatically fed it in his large box and he would just say all right we're off and he would take yeah. off and the cat was fine while he was gone my yeah. dog you can hardly leave for the day and she comes back and she starts whining when you come in the door like i miss you where have you been all day yeah. <laughs> so it makes you feel bad mark i'm not sure we talked about your talent because i'm not sure you were recording this when i was no, I saying you know, grateful <laughs> am to you you really really captured me and that was the the thing that i don't know that people realize with photographers first of all the subject needs to be very very comfortable and you you really captured me because you made it so easy and so fun and i am so happy that you love charlotte because you could do this anywhere in the world and you do you do go around the world doing it but i'm glad on that day in March, when you did the photography for my book cover and front and back and throughout that you were in Charlotte that day, I will always be grateful. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. We had discussed moving um, to New York, but it was when my daughter was little. And then I looked at the prices to live in New York and have a house. And I was like, no, we'll stay in Charlotte. I'm glad. Yeah. And I'm, I'm so glad. glad. Yeah. I needed to glad. be here. There's another Godwink. You needed to be here. I needed you. All these, <laughs> all these decades later, I needed you. Oh, that worked out. Yeah. Cause I was just in New York and I was, and I had, I've had lunch with some friends and I was supposed to have dinner with a couple of friends, but they thought it was going to storm and they backed out. And I was thinking, I'm glad I don't live here. I'm, I'm good coming here to work, but I am glad I did not decide to move up here. I don't don't think I could have taken it. I had I had that blessing too, in that I went to New York and to LA every month. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy to get home to yep. the South and my town, my city. But it's fun to visit. It is fun. Oh, yeah, it's great. They have, yes, they have wonderful things to entertain us there and to make it special and lots of food, lots of great food. Mm -hmm. uh, but we have that here. And it's a lot easier to live here. Oh, yeah. Well, I think my mortgage is what my friend was paying on his. It was a doorman building. So he had a doorman. Right. He had a little patio out front, but it was basically a loft. And where yeah. they had built a little wall so they could have a bedroom. But he was paying the same amount as my mortgage for well, maybe yeah. 800, 700, 800 square feet. Maybe. Wow. Yeah. Maybe not even that much, actually. Probably more like six, six or 700 square feet. I was like, mm-mm. I think people are discovering that, that they can come here and have a mansion for what they're paying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's done wonders for my um, 
the value of my home. <laughs> yes. Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I just had that conversation yesterday. Yeah. We are yeah glad at this you're... rate, I mean, we've only been in this house so 17, three, four years. We've been in this house four years. Probably at this rate, another two, it'll will have doubled in price. Yeah. If it keeps going yeah. like it is. Maybe you need to buy another one. Yeah, no. <laughs> Except for the, that we had discussed that. Yeah, like, but then again, everything else is so like the, my neighbors next door paid for it. was the house on the market for one day and they paid 40 grand over asking. Yeah. And I was, that's, oh, yeah, you're, it's right. Seller's market. You yeah. need to just stay where you are and be glad. <laughs> I had a friend of mine bought it or put a bid on a little cabin in the woods up in California that they wanted. And I think he was going to offer a hundred over and he didn't get it. Yeah. 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 That's so, crazy. We'll just enjoy what we have. Yeah. Be thankful we have it. Yeah. Exactly. I am all good with it. Yeah. Okay. So let me, your, was your first time on television, WBTV? It was, it was, and uh, I was not good. <laughs> but they, <laughs> Had you but done anything before? I was, excuse me? Was it just, is that just your natural personality or had you? No. You know, like, did you model before? Did you, were you in no. plays? Were you in no. you know, well, I did, like that well, in school or something? I, I, I did, I did do plays. Okay. Uh, I, I did, yes, I did do plays and I did model as a child. Okay. Uh, so I, I like so a little bit. So you had a yeah, little like, bit like in front of people. My, my only other television appearance is that I danced on TV when I was four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was different from top of the day. It was a different experience. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I did. You know, I, 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 I loved television. Yeah. And when you watch it, and especially shows like Disney shows that I grew up watching, I could see that people could make a career out of that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't think that was possible. But somehow my mom did. And that's how Which that is great. happened. I know. I'm glad she did. I'm glad she had that confidence in me. I, I do have some funny are. stories of, of leading up to that, of my little time with um the airlines and then so we won't go into that now but there's a funny story about that we well you can talk about that can i talk about that absolutely okay, okay. i uh i left right after chapel hill i decided that so you I went to unc chapel hill I, I did i went to unc that's chapel where my daughter hill. is I was now an education major yeah i was okay. an education major yeah. and i knew that i would probably eventually teach Again, we had about three options, and that was a nurse, and I couldn't, I couldn't yeah. stand blood, the side of it. And I said, we knew that wouldn't work out. And then um, flight attendant, so I went ahead and tried that. And teacher, of course, and I had, I had my teacher's certificate. So I thought, I will try, I'm going to do this. So I took off to Miami, which was very different from Shelby, yeah. for my training. And probably one of the most memorable parts of that for me is that they would weigh us and measure us every day and every day every day oh every day and they decided that my hips were an inch too big for the rest of me and what and day me, did they figure this out that they, they, they were early on early on they decided <laughs> that my hips needed to be reduced by an inch so I suffered. I mean, I exercised. I did everything they told me to do. I starved myself. I mean, they told me I couldn't fly because my bottom was one inch bigger than it ought to be. And by the way, I weighed 115 pounds. So I didn't know what else I could do. So 
they brought in this expert from Harper's Bazaar magazine in New York. They flew her down to Miami to look at all of us and advise us. And when it got, when she got to me, she said, wait a minute, this girl can't help it. This girl is all bone here. She can't, right. this is just, she is just built an inch too big in her bottom. So you're going to have to excuse her and let her go ahead and have her wings. So I did, I got, but I want you to know, and this is where it's so different now. Uh, randomly, at least once a week, randomly, I would be called into the crew lounge and measured with a tape measure to make sure that oh, it didn't get any bigger didn't get any bigger <laughs> and again i weighed 115 pounds that would not no pun oh, intended fly yeah, today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah i still kind of cringe when i see a tape measure <laughs> because yes I that, I, so i was i i did that for a year and then decided I didn't. Well, actually, I was engaged to be married. So I decided to leave uh, the airline industry. They offered to just relocate me, but I said, no, I think enough tape measuring. Enough I think tape, I'll go yeah. back to teaching. Yes. That's so then I, I taught for a, a very short time and, and then got into television. Wow. Thanks That's to my mom. Yeah. we. I used to work in a modeling agency and we had a model who was unbelievable, tall, thin, her hips were an inch too big for oh. most agencies and it was bone. Yeah. And there was nothing she could do about it. And literally the agent, she did not go any further than like a regional thing because the national agencies would not take her because of that extra inch on her hips. That is so interesting. Yeah. I, so I was not alone during uh, that. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. But it, and it was so, I was just, I, I was so humiliated when everybody France out and I would be told I have to stay and I have to work and I have to because my my inch was right preventing me from flying on an airplane at 115 pounds <laughs> yeah yes. yeah that's changed that's trauma right there I know I was they do that now so there's ashamed. a major lawsuit going on if somebody did that now I was so ashamed Ooh, I wonder if it's too late <laughs> God. yeah I can't imagine your hips ever yeah. Thank you. too big for anything thank you they were <laughs> they still are <laughs> their their um their guidelines must have been extremely strict and very tiny very 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 strict uh one time during the holidays i had a little breakout on my chin i had a little bump on my chin and so they grounded me for two weeks until that got well yes yes <laughs> Yeah, it was a different time. It was totally different time. It was, yes. Yeah. So yes, I, I left there a little bit bruised. I bet you did. <laughs> My ego a little bit bruised. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah I don't I think could just, I bet that destroyed a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, but but the you know they were they were really nice people. So I thought, well, I must be really this. I I must be really bad so because they were also nice that they had to tell me that i just did not measure up oh, <laughs> literally did not measure up that's crazy yeah. so you left that went on got married did the teaching thing yeah got on tv yeah well they did yes i did and had had my miracle babies again i was told i could never have children and when i became pregnant with elizabeth they told me, they sat me down and said, we don't know how you could possibly 
have gotten pregnant with your issues. And please don't get too excited because we can't see how you could possibly uh, give birth. So you say I got extra inch in my hips, so I've got room in there. So we're going to be okay. <laughs> don't you worry about it. Right. I should have told them that. That's, that's my best answer. Um, but I, I delivered a precious baby girl. And that's the one that I was rocking when my mother came in and said, oh, you look bad. <laughs> and then I had another miracle just out of the blue. And Michael was born almost on TV. Really? Almost on TV. I worked right up until time for him to come into the world. Wow. Yes. How long were you out? Oh, oh, that's another interesting thing. Now they take like four months. You get yeah, they take forever now. And I was back in action in two weeks. Really? Two weeks. Yes. I had him with me and in his little basket. I have a picture Did you have him, him on the on air. The he was, yes, he was, yeah. he was on the air. Yes. Oh, that's like cool. Mm -hmm. ah. yeah. So what's he doing now? Oh, you told me what he does. I can't he, remember. Uh, now. He, um... he is a chief officer at Bloomin' Brands, which is the That's parent right. company yeah, yeah. for all the oh, Outback Steakhouses yeah. and in Bunfish Grill. There's a picture of me in the book making a Bloomin' Onion. Those things are good. Aren't they good? Yeah. I made Calories a are out of, out of control, though. You don't want to know. I'll tell you what's interesting about that, Mark, is that for the Bloomin' Onion, uh, he took me back in the kitchen of Outback. And the first thing you do is you use this huge cutter that cuts the onion in oh, the shape yeah. you need to do the blooming onion but the interesting thing is that not one single person knows the recipe really? they, there are about four people who have different parts of the recipe and they contribute that their parts right. and so they send out to all the restaurants the mixture that they put the onions in to have that wonderful crusty flavor oh. And so I, I went through the whole process and there's a picture of me. I was so excited about that onion. I, I was so proud of myself with that onion. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So that's, uh, that's, they're known for that. And with good reason, they're so Should good. Have gone there this week. I got stuck in Dallas on Saturday. Oh. So my flight was canceled. Oh, um, middle of my shoot, I find out. So that kind of distracted me for about half an hour. Of course. But I should have gone. There was an outback down the street. I should have gone oh, there. You eat. should have. Yeah. You, you, got you that should have, onion. They have some really good things besides yeah. the onion too yeah, i like outback yeah, yeah. it's it, yeah, it was it's a little a good, farther walk than where i ended up going and i'm not even gonna tell you where i went going because i'm embarrassed to say it so <laughs> Come on, <laughs> yeah it was um so i should have gone to outback because yeah. that was it was literally between where i went and outback and i thought well outback's a little farther away i'm exhausted i'm just gonna walk across the parking lot and hit this place and yeah I had to do it over again. I'd do it out back. Good. Well, I'm glad. And I can tell you that the, the food is good and the people who run it are just wonderful. So, my wife used to a waitress at Outback for a while. She but was now, uh, my wife was a waitress at Outback for a little when we first right? got married. See, there's yeah. another connection. Yeah. That's so amazing. So I remember her telling me that she would sit down. It's like when they would let them sit down beside you. I don't know if they still do or not. Last few times we've been there, they they didn't sit down with us, but she would sit down and take everybody's order. And I love that. He it's had nice some guys request place. her for their section because I guess they want her to sit beside them. Or yeah, something. <laughs> she was very good. Well, she was very good. And I'm sure she they they liked having her join them at oh, the table. Yeah, I'm guessing but so. It, it, it's a good company and they have held on to their traditions and 
uh, serve people well. It's I, it's it's a very family oriented company. Oh, that's nice. They take care of their employees. Yes, it's a good place. I heard that the guys who started it hadn't even been to Australia when they started it. No, they just thought that was a nice concept. Yeah. <laughs> it was, and, and they were right. Oh yeah, they were absolutely <laughs> they were right. right. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was amazing. So, how long? What did you? Okay, at what point did you decide enough? With the TV, I'm going to back off a little bit and kind of take some time for myself. Okay, Has this come is yet? this is a very well. I'm still doing it, but but yeah. the daily part. This is kind of a poignant story, and and nobody knew this story until my book came out. So here you go. Uh, I was there for decades, and one day, I, I, the my day consisted of I would go in uh, sometimes for the early morning show and then go home and get my children ready for school and then go back and do the rest of my day until it was time for school to be out. And then I would go see them. So it was, oh, I, I loved my job. I loved my job, loved the people, loved the company. And I got a call uh, one afternoon about five o'clock and management said, could we see you tomorrow morning about nine? And I said, well, I have tapes to do. I would do, I would pre-tape a lot of segments if there were people who were coming through town and could only be there that day and we would tape it and then I would do the show live. And I said, well, I have some tapes to do at nine. And they said, well, could you come in at eight? And I said, I'll be glad to, I'll be there. I had no idea what the message was going to be. So I got there at eight o'clock knowing I had to rush downstairs at nine and do tapes. And the message was, we're going to all news. So we don't really need you anymore. Uh, yeah. Wow. And I was so sad and just fighting back tears as I went down and had to do the rest of my day and do the show live and still. Have they, be already, have they already changed the name? Cause I remember when they went to WBTV news Right. Uh, I was they there were in the process the of doing that. Okay. Yes, they were in the process of doing that. And, and truthfully, Mark, so I, I want to jump in here very quickly with yeah, this to say, I was never, I was never mad. I was never bitter. I was just sad. Yeah. And I could never, ever be bitter or mad because this is the place that gave me this incredible opportunity taught me how to do tv and because of them i got to go on to do tv all over the country and do magazines and do books and uh, i had a wonderful life that they launched but at that moment <laughs> i was very very sad and wow. so i just I, I kept that they they never announced they just announced that i was leaving and but they never announced why it was leaving. why uh but I, I respect and love them so much. I also understood what they had to do. This is a time when news, and you can see now there are nothing but news cable stations out there everywhere. So they had to go with what the audience was wanting. And I was, you know, I was sad to go. I was sad that they had to make that decision, uh, but they did. And I, um, I just thanked them. I was grateful. I was grateful to have been there for 23 years at that point. And then interestingly, I continued on there, just not every day. I continued working there for 10 more years. After wow. that ended, I um, would do specials and I would do commercials and I would do guest things. I just didn't have my daily shows anymore. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, so at Saul on LinkedIn, you have, you were the E, was it EVP? EVP, yes. Of, of uh, Studio South. South Holdings. Yes. What exactly is Studio South Holdings? Okay, we in North Carolina had a really great thing going on with the film industry. We had amazing incentives. So a certain and, mayor became governor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And our... Um, Yes, our state was known for being the perfect place to make movies because we had the right climate, we had the right Mm -hmm. scenery, we had mountains, we had the beach, we had wonderful people and amazing uh, labor force. We had talented, talented people in front of and behind the scenes. Um, Just, I, I can't say enough about the talent located in North Carolina. So a business partner and I decided that we should turn Eastland Mall right in the center oh, yeah. of Charlotte. That was you? Yeah, that was me. Oh, okay. That was me. And then the city decided that, no, that's not what they wanted. And the state decided, and maybe this had an, had some sort of uh, part in the decision-making of the city when they said, we don't want a movie studio there. The incentives went away yeah. and they went to Georgia. Well, that probably worked out then for you because if they it did. Yeah, it did. started a studio and then the incentives went away, that would have been harsh. You're exactly right. We would have been left with some concrete sitting there and no film incentives. Yeah. But the uh, the studio continues on. I'm still a part of it, but it, I don't, I, I'm busy doing my book and doing other TV things, And but uh, I'm still very much a part of it. They're in Greenville now, Global okay. Studios Greenville. And we have a lot of movies. We like the idea of making movies that make a difference, movies that matter. We have some very, very meaningful movies slated that we hope to get started on that that will make a difference, a positive difference in this world and tell the true story of, of a lot of things that make a difference. Why is Greenville? I just saw maybe about three weeks ago, there's some production company out of LA moving to Greenville. Yes. Greenville's a really, and I was like, how did Greenville become there? a spot to put a production uh, well, company in studios? It, and... it, it's South Carolina is really good at business. They are okay. very, thank you, Nikki Haley. Yeah. They are very, very good at business. So we realized this was a great place to do business. I like and, Greenville. Greenville's Greenville's a wonderful city. Yeah. It is a wonderful city. And it's uh, a city that also has a great uh, talent group. Mm-hmm. They are also right there at the mountains and they have the beaches and they have uh, they have some incentives. They're not like George's, but there are right. some good ones there. So we relocated there and Studio South continues on. We 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 can make movies, but we also have own a lot of movie properties, and those are properties meaning the movie rights to okay. some very special movies. So well, that's good. Yeah, I I didn't check with my business partner to see if I can talk about those. I'm not sure what's involved right. in the contracts, but but trust me, they're they're good movies that. Uh, and now you know now, Mark, what people need they need content. They really mm-hmm. need content. Oh with yeah. All of the, Netflix and Hulu's and Apple's and all of the TV sources right now for streaming as well as uh, mainstream. So they need content and we're there to please them. That's good. <laughs> yes, it That's is. That's very good. So yeah. at what point did you decide 
I've got enough recipes. I've got enough cool stories. I need to write a book. Good question. I, I didn't. My children did. did my they? children, yes, said they have been begging me these stories that they have heard growing up. And they said, you need to write a book. I mean, there's some really, really funny things, some poignant things, some uh, interesting things. They said, this needs to be a book. And I said, I, I don't know. I just, I kept dragging my feet and um, COVID hit. And it, when you read my book, you realize that I'm one of these Pollyanna people. It's like, I'm going to make the best of whatever it is. Whatever is going on, I'm going to find the silver lining. And that makes for a very happy life, by the way. Look for that silver That's lining. And so what I did during COVID, I wrote a book. And it just came out. And I'm very excited about it. So it has those stories. It has, it's a cookbook. It's a cookbook because I, I wanted a book that is affordable but I wanted it to be beautiful, like a coffee table book, and I wanted it to be useful. So I combined all of those things. So it's a great $30 gift that people will use. Oh, that's a good price. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's, especially with your photography in there. Beautiful <laughs> your photography. Yeah. Just for the photography alone, it's worth the $30. Just the cover in the and back. I, yeah. I have a friend uh, who sent me a message after she received her book and she said, oh my goodness, I did not know that it was going to look like this. I need to buy a new coffee table worthy of this book. <laughs> and just <laughs> to clarify for anybody, I did not shoot the food pictures inside. So please do That's not true. call me to shoot food because I don't shoot food. No, but you just made me look my, the best I could possibly look. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not hard you were so easy to shoot and oh yeah. you were kind you yeah were let's kind. talk about that we'll get back to the book in a second okay what's your fitness routine or whatever because you are in amazing shape and an amazing energy and it's all just unbelievable I mean there's got to be something you were doing daily weekly something because I don't know that I have your energy. Oh, you're, you're oh, I know I don't actually. We won't go to the number, but I, I've been around <laughs> a long time and I have seen a very, very big old birthday. Um, you know, a lot of that is your attitude. And again, I know I sound like Pollyanna, but I am living, walking proof of this. I keep an attitude of gratitude. Whatever is going on, I will find, you have a choice. You can look at the horrible part of it, or you can look at something good that can come from it. And so I focus on that and that energizes me. I stay in an attitude of gratitude as much as I possibly can. The other part you mentioned about being fit, I will tell you that I love food and I would rather have a little bit of something delicious mm -hmm. than a whole lot of something that's a special diet. So when you see these recipes, you're going to think, oh, she doesn't eat that. Oh, yes, she does. All of those desserts, <laughs> all of those yummy uh, chicken dishes and and soups. Oh, love soup, soups and everything. I've, I've got everything from soup to nuts and everything in between. But my secret to that is moderation. Yeah. I, moderation. I, I say this is how much I can have and I stop. And it's not always easy to do that. But then I think about the investment in the clothing I have in my closet. <laughs> I, realize I need to push away from this table right now. <laughs> this I told my daughter, that's 
it's interesting you say that because I told my daughter the other day, she was, there was something she was eating and she loves sweets and whatever. And she's eating it. I said, she's like, I don't need to eat this whole thing. I said, well, you mentally, if you just tell yourself, this is the last bite and it's all gone. It's the same as if it is, because it's not as if you, when you finish eating that last bite, you don't want more. There's just nothing left there to eat. So if you just tell yourself, okay, this is my last bite. There's not going to be anything left. You're still going to have that same craving you would if you eat the entire thing down to nothing. I'm going to remember that, Mark. That's better than than I explained it. That's right. I I had not thought about that part. When I push away from the table, even if I had eaten more of that, I'd still want more. That's what I was thinking the other day. I was eating something and I was like, I could just eat more of this, but I don't have anything left. So then I thought, well, I'm just telling myself, so I'm trying to do that now, like with sweets and that kind of thing. Like I'll eat just a couple of bites and then go, okay, I got the taste. I got the flavor. I got everything I wanted out of this. I can stop now because if I don't, I'll just eat the whole thing. And I'm still going to want more when it's gone. And at least this way tomorrow, I've got more. I, I am going to, that's going into action in my brain from now on. <laughs> Thank you, Mark. I will use that rather than kind of uh, using my own behavior modification of like, no, you cannot have that because you can't zip your clothes. Uh, I'm going to use but it. I think it all depends on, your, you know, what you need. Some people my, that may be my motivation, motivation was my clothing, but yours is really, that's workable. I, that's a good thing. I'm going to use that from now on. Some people, the clothing thing might be more workable. Like, yeah, I want to yeah, get to probably those, combination of, yeah, of those, those pants of still. So I'm going to yeah. slow down a little bit. Okay. Tell your daughter to make the best brownies ever in my book. She will like those. I will tell her. And Oreo cookie freeze. She will, you oh, will most like yeah, that. I'll, Oreo yeah. cookie freeze is my, my son's absolute favorite. Yeah, recipe. I like them too. I like the sweet stuff too. But my daughter is like, my oldest is all into it. My youngest, I don't, she's got more discipline than anybody I've ever known in my life. So I don't know how. The other day she had some nutter butters, which she likes and I like. She goes, You want these? I was like, Why don't you keep them? Because it was a pack of four. And yeah. she goes, I'm trying to do better. And well, she just handed them to me. I was like, all right, well, I'll well yeah, I'll take those. <laughs> yeah, but she's the kid. She would get stuff on some... Christmas and wouldn't open half of it till June. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I don't well, know. I need her discipline. I'm not quite that good. Yeah, I'm not. That's, yeah, no, if it's if it's here, I'm going to eat it. I have trouble just completely yeah. giving it away. But like you said, it'll be, I'll have more for tomorrow if I yeah. behave myself right yeah. now. But yeah. again, there, there's some, you will like some of the recipes in there. I, um, as I was thinking about some of the just really funny things that I wrote about, uh, I'll share with you one of my oh. craziest stories. Is my yeah, because I was going to ask what that moment. was, what the most, most craziest thing. So, yeah. Embarrassing moment. I was um, taking my son to a Hornets game. And they kindly gave me the tickets and I sat down. We got there a little bit late. My son was probably about nine then. And we got there a little bit late. And so I missed as they first began. But the man sitting next to me was so kind and so nice and kind of caught me up. And we just had this wonderful time just visiting. And uh, I asked him his name. He told me and I asked him where he was from. and, And he said, I was thinking he would say like, you know, somewhere like, nearby like rock hill or something and he said well i'm i'm from nashville and i said oh well nashville's this is tuesday night why did you (laughs) come from nashville to a charlotte hornets game and he said um oh i sang the national anthem 
And I said, oh, wow, you must be really good because that's a hard song to sing. And he just kind of shrugged and said, well, I enjoy singing. And here comes the embarrassing part, Mark. I began to tell him that uh, I did a noontime talk show and that maybe he could, you know, maybe I could help him out, <laughs> get him on TV. And, <laughs> um, and he was just so kind. And he went to the concession stand and brought back food for me. And we just had a wonderful time chatting. And halfway uh, through the game, I saw some friends down ringside. And I said, oh, I, there's some really close friends. I need to run down there and say hello to them. If you'll just watch my coat and bag and I'll be right back. And so I went down midside. It was halftime. And I went down midside and midcourt side. And my friend said, oh, why don't you sit here with us? And so Michael and I, my son, we just sat down with them for the rest of the game. And then we got up and we were talking and chatting. And I said, oh my goodness, I left my coat and my bag with a stranger. I, I, oh my goodness. And everybody had left because we'd stood there talking a long time. So I looked up and there's, there he stood with my <laughs> big coat clutched in his arms and my bag hanging on his shoulder and everybody in the Coliseum had gone. He was still standing there. So I went back up and I profusely thanked him and told him I was sorry that I had left him with my coat and bag for so long and, and to remember that if I could ever do anything to help him, just let me know. So about a week later, I was watching the Country Music Awards with your host, your host, Vince Gill. That was Vince Gill that was sitting wow. next to me during all that time. It, I still cringe. And I, <laughs> I found a friend of his and said, please tell him how embarrassed I am that I offered him a chance. <laughs> a chance to show his talent. Um, and it, his friend told me that Vince thought it was one of the funniest things ever and that he was fine with all of that. It's probably but good. I'm he was probably horrified. happy. Yeah. I'm still horrified that I offered to help Vince Gill get a job. So He was probably happy with it, that you weren't some psychotic fan who sat down beside <laughs> him and then you started telling him how wonderful he is and how you love his music. I was not that. You know, all that kind I was of stuff. not that. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. Uh, yeah, there are others, but that one, yeah, that was my most embarrassing because I just cringe every, and every time I hear him, oh, I'm a huge fan now. I'm <laughs> a huge fan. And every time I hear him, I just, that comes back into my head of, oh my goodness. So I, I'm hoping he will have a book. I'm going to send him a book and he can read again of my embarrassment. Uh, your embarrassment yeah. <laughs> it's not the same level, but I have a friend of mine who, um, she didn't do that. She was the Vince Gill in the story she had just made the cover of sports illustrated oh and she was sitting at a coffee shop in la and some guy came up to her and told her how pretty she was and that she should be a model how did she handle that so i'll she know said, how she just said thank that. you very much i really right. appreciate that i said i so wish you had had like that cover with you and just said thank you and just kind of tapped onto it and let him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Right. You think I could do this ever? Yes. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that, oh, but that Vince Gill story, that's great. Oh, yes. There, like I said, there are more, but I, every time I hear him, it, it may be a, a very dedicated Vince Gill fan. <laughs> How many pages is the book? Uh, it's about, it's almost 300 pages. Okay. And, um, and again, I wanted it to be affordable, beautiful, yeah. 
you 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 made that part, Mark. You made the beautiful part. And I wanted it to be used. I wanted it to be a book. You know, so many holiday books that you get or coffee table books, you look at them one time and they gather dust. I wanted this to be something that people could keep going back to. And also I wanted them uh, to be energized by my sense of attitude of gratitude. Mm -hmm. I wanted them to be inspired by the miracles that have happened in my life and to know that God is the final say, not the doctor or the people. And I wanted to make them smile. And I wanted them to have some really good recipes that they will get lots of compliments on and they can call them their own. So how many stories do you have compared to recipes? It's about half and half. There are 127 um, recipes and I divide them into early on, you know, by farm to table time. And, uh, you know, some of my mother's best recipes, my mother was an amazing, amazing cook. And in Shelby, we didn't lock our doors. There was just somebody coming in our house to have some cake or to have some cookies or to have some soup or to have something every day. And she was known for being just the best cook ever. And so I kind of somehow, somehow I absorbed that or my genetically had that inclination to, to love food. And then I move on to my TV years. And so the recipes that are most popular from then, and then I go on to what I did after the daily show. And I, I had a chance to do some, I did a lot of media tours for food companies. And so I shared a lot of recipes at that time too. And then I did the books and the magazines And then the last part is living my best life. And those recipes are some from friends and my children now who are very good at this. And uh, I just close it out with that. So so they're all favorites, somebody's favorites, either my mother's or mine or my children or my friends. And they are tried and true favorites. So that's, it's, it's mainly a cookbook. So the reflections, I just lead into uh, reflections of that era. Okay. And things, you know, the people that I interviewed and the, the stories. I, I, I will close with one of the more fascinating things in my life that I'm very grateful for. Uh, I was asked by a furniture company in, this, in North Carolina and Virginia to, if I would be interested in uh, helping Charles Spencer, Princess Diana's brother, uh, promote his furniture line really he had he and diana grew up in a house called a house a mansion (laughs) a manor a huge estate in england called althorpe and so charles decided to have reproductions made of the furniture at althorpe oh wow and a furniture company in uh north carolina and virginia are the ones who made these absolutely breathtaking reproductions. So they thought when he toured the United States that maybe it would be good to have a facilitator, a communicator there to introduce him and to take questions for him and to just kind of make it easier for him as he went around doing this. Well, I was expecting the royalty that he is and I wasn't sure what he was going to be like, but he was so extraordinary and so funny and so much like someone that I had known forever. Oh wow. And we became really good friends and I visited there and he visited here and we still we still stay in touch. This was 20 years ago. We still stay in touch. So about 3 years ago, 
my son gave me ancestry.com yeah. for Mother's Day. So I started doing that. And, you know, you can see all the birth certificates and death certificates mm -hmm. and all the documentation for your entire family tree. So all of a sudden I was doing this and there was a Spencer as in Charles and Diana. And I could hardly believe that, oh my goodness, Charles and I might be related. No wonder we got along so well. No wonder we had so much fun together and kind of understood each other. And so before I called him, I went back and forth through the lines to make sure I did not make any mistake with any birth certificates right. or anything. And then I got in touch with him and he said, I said, are you related to, and I gave him a few relatives around Spencer and then the Spencer. And he said, well, hello, cousin. <laughs> so we are actually distantly related and have That's had crazy. so much fun with that. And he, um, he said, you know, what's even more amazing about that, Barbara, is that I have a book coming out in September. This was three years ago, but he said, I have a book coming out in September and it's about our mutual cousin, the one that was in America that linked to the Spencer in wow. uh, England. And I said, oh, I, I will look for the book. What is it? And he said, Killer of the Kings. And I said, wait, 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 we have a murderer in our family. <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a figure of speech. Uh, it's interesting, but it's, it's true. And it's about our relatives. So That's it's, crazy. you know, as I said, there are signs along the way, there is order out there. And the yeah. fact that all those centuries ago, we have, uh, we had a mutual relative and then now we would meet each other and work together as unlikely as that was. And even more unlikely that we would get along so well and yeah. really respect and become such close friends. So that's again, a great story. Wow. You got some really cool stories. Well, I'm, yeah. I've been, and like yeah. I said, I've been very blessed and I've lived a lot of decades now, Mark. Thank you for the <laughs> number. <laughs> Where can people find the book? Where can you buy the book? Thank you for asking that. Barbara McKay, and that's with a K, barbaramckay.com. And they can order it there. It is also available if you're in the Charlotte area at Paper Skyscraper oh, on East cool Boulevard. Yeah. yeah, that's a very cool store. They were named the... Um, number one gift shop in the United States. Really? Right there on East Boulevard. Yes. The people are wonderful. They know just what to buy. And I'm so happy that they decided to carry my book. And then if you're in the Cleveland County or Shelby area, it can be found at Victoria's Stevens, not Victoria's Secrets. They don't have one of those, Shelby. Uh, Victoria's <laughs> Stevens in Uptown Shelby. And then I, the book has just been out a couple of weeks, so I haven't gotten around to any other stores yet, but if they would like to contact me, I'll be glad to talk to them about having yeah. some other, other retail locations, but it's so easy now, barbiemckay.com. Yeah. And if they want me to sign it, just put a little note in there, special instructions. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Okay. I do have one question. There's a little tiny chair back there yeah. behind oh, you. Oh, wow. And you can see that? Yeah. Who's that for? Mark. <laughs> I love my grandfather gave me that chair when I was one, really? one on my first birthday, oh, that wow. little rocker. Yeah. 
So again, here we go. We're not going to talk about how many decades old it is. <laughs> very, very old. And you saw it back then. Yeah, it looks great. Thing, but it goes with my life. So it doesn't go yeah. with anything in the house, but it goes with my life. So it's going to be here. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> and you noticed that yeah. you have such a good eye. That's so amazing. <laughs> that is so amazing. And I'm looking at all the photography around you, oh, which yeah, is there's a little bit. also amazing yeah. because you are. You the weirdest thing is these things in frames up here they're all yeah. shot like these two were shot with my iphone when i was wow. in Budapest. because <laughs> i i went well, on a walk and left my camera in my in my um apartment and just had my i thought i was just going to walk down the street for a little bit i ended up walking around for like three hours or something so i ended up shooting everything in my iphone well, you I just did an ad for iphone you need to send this yeah, to them you just did cash. an ad <laughs> <laughs> that's well, it, it again, when you have talent like yours, it ends up like that with an iPhone or anything else. Well, thank you. Yeah, I like to say when people go, what kind of camera do you have? It's like That's kind of like going, this is great food. What kind of oven did you cook it with? Right. You know, it's kind of like that, the oven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it helps, yeah. but it's not going to determine no. how good the food is. No, no. Well, you you are tremendously talented. I, I again, I, I every... I started to say every day, but it's actually as many times every day I am asked, who did your cover? Who did that? So yes, your, your well, name. You. Yes, you, your name you. said every day, many, many times. So thank I thank you. you. Well, Barbara, thank you for doing this. This was great. Oh, this was fun. This was fun. I'm glad we got to visit again. Yeah, let's, me let's too. Let's do it again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I enjoy yeah. it. And I lot. need a picture you'll be hearing from me. Yeah, you let me know and we'll take care of it. And my father-in-law is finally going to have some respect and love for me. <laughs> <laughs> when I tell him I talk to you. So let me sign a book for him. I need to sign a book for him. Oh, he would. Yeah, he is a huge fan. I think my wife told him he couldn't believe it. So he was. He was yeah. <laughs> Because he's always, I before we him. got married, he thought I was an international playboy. Oh. For whatever reason. He's, he has gotten better over the years. I did a shoot at his house and he finally saw what I did. And he said, I worked very hard. The bad thing was he was telling it to his son who owned his, who took over his masonry company and just come back from laying brick for the last 10 hours. Wow. Telling him how hard I worked that day. I was like, <laughs> not talk about that oh uh, you know the crafts people like that artisans like that are so needed oh, now yeah so such an important skill such an important art so and you you please tell your father that I wouldn't have had a job all these decades if it had not been for wonderful people like him and I mean that with all my heart he is the one who kept me in a job so thank him please I'll let him know it's probably his wife because he was out working but he still liked seeing you as much as he could good good thank you well, well tell thank him, you yes. so much barbara i really oh, Mark, appreciate it, was wonderful. it this was it great was wonderful. all right Thanks. call me anytime Take i will care. have a great rest of your day bye bye